0: Man, this guy's got jokes today. I'm like the I'm like the lame old grumpy dude. Oh,
1: dude, dude you're 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 setting me. I'm spiking him. That's all there is to it. I could not do this without you. No, no.
0: Justin Chapter 13 I don't want to play around today. I just want to jump straight into the verses. And get we this have arrived.
1: We have arrived, baby. That's right. <laughs> we, we are rolling in the life of Abram.
0: That's right. Our ship has sailed into Abram's life. You know, um, really excited to jump straight into this. Chapter 13, verse 1. Will you do the honors, Justin?
1: For show. Okay. Chapter 13, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev. He and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot with him. Now Abram was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold. He went on his journeys from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot who went with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents and the land could not sustain them while dwelling together for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanites and the Perizzite were dwelling in the land. So we have, as we left off in chapter two, that he is um, Abram and Lot and, you know, the the people that were with them left Egypt and headed back to what we call the promised land. So we saw that both of them were well off, right? They had a lot of stuff. And I feel like there's this kind of, um, it's almost like a sense of spiritual return, right? Because he gets there. And, um, verse four to the place of the altar to which he had made formerly. Right. And, uh, and, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So it's kind of like he was faithful when God first called him, went to the the Canaan, then he kind of got off track, went to Egypt. And now he's kind of back on track. Is kind of how I see, uh, one of the things that's going on here. Yeah. But we see that both, uh, abram and lot you know they have they have these servants they have these these herdsmen and so now there's kind of this conflict because kind of hey you know maybe it's your sheep are getting an pen or this or that or something like that but one of the things i think is interesting is at the end of verse seven it says now the canaanite and the parasite were dwelling in the land and so without some context or without kind of thinking that that can seem to be kind of a random little sentence there but I believe that it's it, what it's referring to is that um, right now Abram and Lot are kind of close together because this this land does pose dangers. I mean, the, the Canaanites, uh, well, there's the the, the Canaanites, the Parasites, um, the, the 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 Jebusites. There's all different tribes there, and these are are not good tribes, right? These are the ones that, um, like I've mentioned before, did the child sacrifices, violent tribes, and things like that. So that's kind of one of the issues they're facing is that they're trying to raise their cattle and everything um, with that going on around them. Uh, and so that could be one of the reasons I think that they're so close together and kind of competing for space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That can definitely be challenging when two people groups occupy a particular area and They might have different ideas or different ways of doing things. And competition is one of those things that generally pops up, right? Um, They're both gaining a lot of possessions. And this is, I mean, this is as old as, you know, the beginning of time, right? Tribes, tribalism. And I think you see that in kind of our world today, right? Where people that are not, don't have their, foundation and their identity in Christ, sometimes they'll put their identity in something else, like a tribe or a country. Like you meet people here in the United States, right? Who who their their, their primary identity is the fact that they're American and it's not necessarily their primary identity is that they're a believer in Christ. And so I think that's where you can get into some trouble and something we have to remember that we're all we're all God's children, right? We're all we're all the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Not only that, of Noah and his wife. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some strife here going on, as I, as we see between Lot and Abram's herdsmen. We don't know the full story behind that, but not only that, we also find that. You know, Abram he collected a lot of this stuff while he was in Egypt, and in, in chapter twelve, that's where he got a lot of this stuff. And so, if you want to find out how he got all this stuff, check out chapter twelve. But he's got all this stuff. Abram's very rich now, which sounds good on the front end of things, I think. But I think it's important to keep in mind that that uh, comes
1: with risks.
0: Being well, yeah, being wealthy is. By no means a—it's um, a blessing, but it, it by no means can save you. Wealth, wealth will never save you. I know a lot of people who are very wealthy and extremely miserable. So, yeah. So, yeah. Let's move on to this next one, verse eight. So Abram said to Lot, "Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen." And your herdsmen for we are brothers is not the whole land before you please separate from me if to the left then I will go to the right if to the right then I will go to the left lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan and that it was well watered everywhere This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go to Zoar. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley. And moved his tents as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. So what we, I think what we see here is Abram has a proposition. He recognizes the strife and Abram has a proposition to Lot. That there be no strife between you and me, nor my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we are brothers... Now, technically speaking, (laughs) Abram and Lot were not technically brothers. Okay, I think this is more of a figure of speech, right? Really relatives. You know, I could say that Justin, you're my brother, but are we technically brothers? No, not technically brothers. Lot was actually Abram's nephew. And it looks like after Abram makes this proposition he kind of he kind of gives some instruction on maybe what the best next steps are what are those next steps justin
1: yeah so he kind of wanted to to separate and and go go different ways and so um you know i I like the way that that abram handled this right he kind of he he got out in front of this deal that this is really good conflict resolution right he's like "Hey, man like i don't want there to be a problem between us um like let's And and, and, I mean, he took this, this really, uh, he, he, he took a really selfless approach. He's like, Hey, you pick where, where you want to have your, your land and where you want to put your herds. If it's, you know, you want to go the right, I'll go left. And so if you want to go left, I'll go right. And so it's cool. We, we see two things in this. I think we see him being selfless, but we also see an element of faith. Um, he believed that God was going to give him this land that God promised, he wasn't worried about what Lot would choose. And I mean, in God's sovereignty, Lot didn't choose the, the, the area of Canaan, the promised land, right? So Lot went farther east. Um, and so that was cool how, how you know, in God's sovereignty and with with Abram's character that that all kind of played out. Now we're going to see here, um, we're, we're going to have opportunities to get more into this as we read more about Lot. But we see here in verse 12, uh, Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley, moved his tents as far as Sodom. And it talked about how Sodom was wicked. So we see that Lot is kind of, you know, he's being, uh, the, the, this wicked worldliness appeals to him, right? So that kind of is where he's choosing his direction to go. Um, and so we, we definitely see a contrast, right? We see, even though Abram was kind of this was his his uncle right i mean theoretically i feel like if your uncle says hey which land do you want you should be like well hey no i mean you're 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 my uncle like you're uh, the elder here like you you know you you choose the land and then i'll go you know um where you don't want but so we see definitely the spiritual maturity of abram and the lack of maturity with lot
0: yeah Absolutely, especially when Lot decides to settle in a city that is exceedingly wicked and sinners that are against the Lord. That's not a good choice. I think it's pretty clear if you spend a lot of time with people that delight in wickedness, that's going to unfortunately rub off on um, some of the people that can be in your camp or on yourself as well. I uh, definitely recommend that if you, there's people around you that are bringing you down, separate from those people. <laughs> uh, do not participate in those activities. Do not participate hang around those people. I like the analogy of this. You got a guy like Lot. He's standing on a chair. He's been hanging out with Abram, and Abram's lifted him up to on top of this chair. God really has. And then all of a sudden... There comes the people of Sodom and they see Lot on this chair and they want to pull him down. Well, Lot might want to pull these people of Sodom up, Well, what's easier to do, right? Pull someone up onto a chair with you or for them to pull you down? I think it's clear that the people of Sodom, it'd be easier for them to pull Lot down to their level of of being exceedingly wicked and sinners. I think that's an easy trap to fall into i think we should definitely guard against doing such things
1: guard your heart
0: and if you want to <laughs> listen if you have some
1: <laughs> if you have some Sorry, uh, you were in a serious thought and i just had to get my thing out. i love
0: it i love it Let everybody guard your heart guys um, no i would definitely i'll definitely <laughs> add one more thing to that actually don't hang around Listen, you might have some friends that that delight in sin. Okay, if you're hanging out with those people and you don't want to completely cut them off, here's what you can do: invite them to church, invite them to a place, a sanctuary that you that you're surrounded surrounded by a solid group of Christian bros, and if you're a lady, Christian ladies. So that you're bringing them with into a good place instead of them taking you to a place that they want to go, whatever which that be bars, clubs, house parties, whatever it is that you know they're getting you, they're getting you into. And uh, yeah, see, I typically uh,
1: that's good advice.
0: My heart's always guarded, so um, I definitely <laughs> don't have to worry about that. Sodom's not a good place. And a lot of people have actually heard about Sodom. So let's move on to this next paragraph.
1: Let's do it. So verse picking up in verse 14, The Lord said to Abram, After Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward, and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. So here we see this promise that even though Abram's wife is barren, that God is going to give him these descendants, but not just a few descendants like countless descendants. And so we see that this would require a lot of faith that Abram's wife has always been barren, and they are now older people. And so this is a hard thing to trust or, or count on or have faith in. Um, they're beyond so, the
0: age of reprodu- reproductivity.
1: Yes. So, yep. They're Reproduction the, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is the word, I believe. There you go. Yeah. And so the, this requires, you know, God's promising a miracle here. And for Abram, Abram to continue to follow God counting on that miracle requires legitimate faith. I mean, significant faith.
0: Yeah. And when I say they're beyond the age of reproduction, I mean, scientifically, right? Like reproduction
1: is biologically.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Chemically, and nothing chemically, but nothing <laughs> geologically. Yeah. <laughs> But nothing is impossible with God
0: That's right Nothing is impossible with God So this is definitely a miracle uh, In this particular situation
1: It's gonna be, yeah
0: So the Lord First of all, the Lord's already made this promise He's already made this covenant And really this is just a refresher It's a reminder yeah. um, And now he's got this whole new land He's got this whole new uh, Place to hang out at And um, You know, I think you see multiple instances throughout this Genesis, right? Where Abram's building altars on a regular basis. He's regularly praising God. And I think that's important, you know, none of that. Whenever you built an art- altar, I think it's it's almost like a, a better reminder, right? It's like when God, when you feel like you hear something from God, or God speaks to you, or if you... You know, have a praise God heals you from something or helps you in a certain situation. By building an art to altar, you create something that's going to help you better remember the situation that God helped you out of. It's super easy to forget all the times God bails you out. Uh, one of the things that I like to do is uh, make a note of some of these things. You know, sounds like a diary. It's not. It's a journal. So don't get any uh, crazy it's ideas. It's a man
1: diary. Yep. It's, a <laughs> it's
0: a man diary. It's a bro diary, okay? Uh,
1: nice.
0: But seriously, you, you'll it'll be easy to forget, right? You'll find yourself in a situation where you'll wonder what God has done for you lately and completely forget about all the places God has brought you uh, previously. You'll start to get a little bit whiny, you know? Start to get a little bit whiny. Not everything's going your way all the
1: time start to be a grumbler.
0: <laughs> start to be a grumbler.
1: Don't be a grumbler.
0: Start to be a little, whiny little baby and be like, "Why is, you know, this not happening?" And you know, God's going to be like, "Dude, I just did like a billion things for you in the last like 10 years. Give me some credit here. Sorry I'm not getting around to your timeline. My bad." That's all sarcastically, you know. So yeah, this is an epic chapter right here. Abram left Egypt. He gets crazy rich. He's rolling around with Lot. Lot and him. There start to be some strife between them and their people. They separate. Lot decides to go where the wicked people are. Abram starts, decides to go the other way. And and the Lord remembers. The, the Lord reminds Abram of the covenant and the promise that he has made and then Abram tops it all off with a nice cherry of an altar a cherry altar
1: altar cherry (laughs)
0: yeah so uh Man, this guy's got jokes today. I'm like the I'm like the lame old grumpy dude. Oh,
1: dude, dude, you're 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 setting me. I'm spiking them. That's all there is <laughs> to it. I couldn't do this without you. No, no.
0: <laughs> Oh man. Any final thoughts, Justin?
1: Yeah, I really like all the things you said. I guess, um, you know, I like how you reminded us of that we need to be remembering of what God's done for us. And one of the things on top of that, or to kind of run alongside that, is. I really like, I mean, I just, in my life, how many times has God always been like receiving me back after I come back to him? So we see in this that Abram went off to Egypt and now he's come back to God and God receives him back and then reminds him of the blessings he has for him. And I would say that that, uh, I found that to be true in my life. Um, there have been times when God's blessed me and helped me. And then I went off to, you know, Egypt, right? Me- metaphorically. And I did my own thing, the things that appealed to me, got myself in trouble and then came back to God, but God always received me back. And so we can always come crawling back to God after we've made some bad decisions. We, that doesn't mean that we should take that for granted and go out and make bad decisions. But that means that it, the, this story is highlighting God's grace mm-hmm. and the fact that he's always willing to receive us back and how loving he is and what a blessing that is.
0: Agreed. I think it's important we quickly come back, right? you'll You'll have this temptation to, whenever you sin or make a mistake, to think that God doesn't want you back right now, you know, that you need some more time, that you have to get your life right before you come back to God. I challenge anybody out there in the nether sphere, right after you make a mistake, Get down on your knees, ask for forgiveness, and don't get caught up in the shame. And listen, it, I think it's uh, when you sin, it's not necessarily inappropriate for you to feel regret or shame or guilt or whatever. But don't dwell in it. Get back on your feet and start making the right decisions again. Start serving God again. Start putting God first in your life. Make Him a priority. Make that decision quickly. Don't dilly dally after you make a a blunder so okay. it, it then make a cherry altar immediately afterwards too
1: yeah i i agree i mean you know the uh turning to god turning to scripture is the best place to turn after we've fallen into sin you know i like the way you put that here we don't have to wait for a certain time to elapse or wait for more something else we need to that that's the perfect time to turn to god uh, right Time to open the Bible after we've made a bad decision. We want to get back on the right track, right? And the Bible's full of sinners who did that, that exact thing. So
0: I would say for me, that's one of the things that I've had to learn over the years. I had to learn that. I, listen, if I make a mistake, I need get back on that horse, turn straight back to God and apologize, ask for forgiveness, then move on down, down the road. I personally would get caught up in guilt and shame and let that dwell within me. And I don't think that is the best way you serve God. So anyways, bros, thank you for joining us. Chapter 13. Hope you have a brotastic bro day and we'll bro you later.
1: For show. Peace.